see y'all here on a on a beautiful Sunday. And today we are we're sort of in between two major two big things at church. We just had, of course, celebrated Easter last week, and the next week we're going to begin a new series of messages going through the book of Daniel. And I'm actually excited excited about going through the book of Daniel as I've been looking through it. I mean, I'm more and more impressed with him and just what man what what kind of a man that he was. But we're not going to talk about him today. Instead, we're going to be looking at about the importance of our about our faith and about the importance of us sharing our faith. And so if you have your Bible, we're going to be looking in Acts chapter 8 today in verse number 26. And if you want to turn there and while you're maybe looking there, I'll tell you a story. It was uh, back in 2002, there were two barges in the Arkansas River that ran into a bridge. And you, you might remember the story, whenever they hit the bridge, it ended up taking out 580 feet of the bridge. Uh, 19,000 cars drove over this bridge every day, and so there was no warning about it, and there happened to be a couple of fishermen that were down, and they saw some cars, not knowing the bridge was out, that were just driving straight off of the bridge. Now, for some reason, one of the fishermen decided he's going to try to do whatever he could to warn people about it, and he had a, he had a flare gun with him. And so he put on his flare gun and just shot it towards the bridge, hoping it would get people's attention. But when he did it, that flare ended up hitting the windshield of an 18-wheeler. Now, the 18-wheeler ended up losing control, and the way the car or the 18-wheeler spun is it spun in such a way that it blocked the entrance to the bridge. And so that meant no other cars could go past it. Now, is that, is that cool? I mean, that's like an awesome shot. If I would have done it, it would have gone through the window and hit the guy in the head, and, you know, it would have been all over. But it block, ended up blocking the, the entrance to the bridge. And so numerous lives were saved because that guy was willing to shoot the flare. And as I thought about that, I thought for, for many of us, those of us who are believers, we have been called by God, so to speak, to shoot a flare with our words and with our actions to let people know that there is a God. And that God desires for people to know him, that God is telling us that we better follow him. Because if we don't, we will go over the bridge in this life without any help from him. Now, for those of you who've grown up in the church, I'm sure you've heard that before, that it's important that we share, that we tell people about our faith. And yet the fact of the matter is very few people actually do it. And I think there's a couple of reasons why, a couple of major reasons why. I think one of the reasons why is just fear. You're kind of afraid to do it. We think, well, I don't want to look like a a bumbling idiot. I really don't know what to say. I'm not real sure how I'm supposed to do it. And so we have this fear element. And then I think there's another element that goes along with it, and that is that we just don't have a sense of urgency. You know, we feel like, yeah, I'm going to live forever. You know, I have plenty of time. I can, I can do this or I can share with somebody whenever it's convenient for me. But one thing that you begin to understand the, the older you get is that life in some ways is random. You know, there's just weird stuff that happens. Have you all figured that out? I mean, it doesn't matter what kind of, and this is my, you know, my, I guess my new excuse for not exercising. When you see some guy that dies that was really healthy, you're like, well, all right, I mean, not, that stuff kills you. And so life in some ways is, is just sort of random. And you think, you know what? There needs to be a sense of urgency on our part because we don't know how much time we have left. And so my hope is as we look in, in the Scripture, in this passage of Scripture, 
that we will have a, a sense of urgency, that we will see the necessity that comes with us sharing with other people who Jesus is. And so that's what we're going to see today. We're going to see in our text, there's this guy named Philip, and God had called Philip to go out and to tell another man about Jesus. And he's able to share with him how Jesus changes lives. He's able to share with the man the hope that he had because Jesus wants to rescue people from the penalty of sin. And that is the greatest message that any of us can ever share with people. Because I really believe this. I believe we are living in a time, we are living in a world where people are hungry to know that there's a God. And they are hungry to know that there's a God who redeems. They are hungry to know that there's a God who changes lives and He can change your life. The question is, if it's going to happen, who's going to tell? Who's going to share the message? Well, if you're a believer, guys, it comes down to us. And what we're going to see today is that when we share, there's some really important ingredients that are necessary that help us share. And we're going to see that in Acts chapter 8 in just a few moments in verse 25. But just a little background information. There was a, a lot of Christians that had been living in Jerusalem And they got kicked out of Jerusalem because they followed Jesus. And not everybody was excited about that. And so they got run out of town. And as they ended up going into these different places, they ended up, when they were in in new countries, that they started telling other people about Jesus. And they they would share who Jesus was. Guys, let let me share this with you. The motivating factor behind Village Church is for us to share. I mean, we are here because we feel like there is a calling that God has for us to tell people who Jesus is because we believe that Jesus is our only hope. And if we're going to share successfully, then there's some things we need to know. There's some ingredients we need to have in our lives to share well. Now, what are those ingredients? Well, I'm going to share just a few of them. The first ingredient necessary to share the message of Jesus, it comes down to preparation comes out of preparation. If we're going to share well, we need to be prepared. And I want to read to you in verse number 26. It says, An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. He said, Get up and go south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to the desert Gaza. And so he got up and went. And there was an Ethiopian man, a eunuch and high official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of the entire treasury. And he had come to worship in Jerusalem and was sitting in his chariot on his way home. So he's going back home, and as he's going home, he's reading the prophet Isaiah aloud. He says that the Spirit told Philip, he said, you go and join that chariot. Now, I'm afraid that when many people, when they think about, you know, we talk about we, we, we want to share our faith. Have you all heard of, you've heard of witnessing before? Have you all heard of that? You know, you're supposed to witness to people. I think when we say stuff like that, we get nervous. And I think part of the reason why we get nervous is because we think, man, it's almost like God's telling me, I'm supposed to go out and I'm supposed to drum up business for God. And in some senses, we kind of feel like like, a, like we're supposed to be like car salesmen. If you're a car salesman, I love you guys. But, you know, we just feel like that we're like that guy that's on the commercial, you know, the guy on Killian Road. And he's like, if that's what I'm supposed to do and, and sharing Jesus, you know, I'm supposed to go out and just be really loud and flamboyant. That makes us nervous. And so we think, if I share Jesus, that means I've got to be a car salesman, or I've got to be like Bill Green, or something like that. Well, guys, let me tell you something. When I read this text, it really takes a whole lot of pressure off of me 
And here's why. It's because when we talk about preparing to share our faith, it is actually God who is doing the preparing for you. Now I want you to notice in our text, we just read this. How did Philip know to get on the road to Gaza? Did he wake up one morning and say, you know what, man, it's time for me to to put on my car salesman hat, go drum up some business, I'm going to run into a guy, I'm going to tell him about Jesus. Why why did he go on the road to Gaza? Y'all have to participate here. Why? An an angel told him to, right? He didn't just like get up and say, I'm going to do this. It was God preparing him to do what he wanted him to do. And here's the cool thing. God wanted wanted him to go because God knew that there would be another man on that road. And he had it all lined up that Philip was going to be the guy that was going to run into this man so that he could tell him about Jesus. But there was a responsibility that came for Philip. And you know what that responsibility was? He had to be willing to listen, to hear what God had to say to him. Now you might say, well, how do I prepare myself to hear God's voice? And there's a few things that you might be familiar with but that you do and that's why it's so important for you and for me to get into God's Word, to read Scripture. If you want to know what God has to say to you, the best place to start is His Word, the Bible. It is here that we discover what God has in mind for people. That's why we're told in Psalm 119, verses 105, it says, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. And so what that means is that the Bible, what God says, it's like a flashlight for us in the midst of a dark world that can guide us and direct us in our living and help us avoid the obstacles that stand in our way. So you have to prepare yourself to hear God's Word. How do we do that? We look to see what He has to say. Another thing that we do is we, we pray. And that's just simply talking to the Lord. Just asking for leadership. God, give me leadership. God, guide and direct me. God, I pray that that you will bring someone into my path that I can tell them what you've done for me. And when you pray that prayer, that you need to be expecting God to answer that prayer. Another thing you do is be, be a part of the church. Be involved in small groups. You see, there's something special that happens whenever believers come together and we worship God. I mean, Jesus said in Matthew 18, 20, For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. Now, when he's in our presence, what's God doing? He's leading us. He's guiding us. He's giving us direction. One thing you can count on is you can count on God to do his part. He's prepared a path that He wants you to travel on. And there's no doubt that in this journey of life, one thing that God calls for us to do is to share Him with others. Because Jesus changes people. Jesus transforms lives. You look at the last command that Jesus gives in Matthew 28. Jesus said, Therefore, go make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I've commanded, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. 
But we have a responsibility to prepare ourselves for the journey. Because Philip was prepared to hear God's voice, God led him into a prepared situation. It was not a random act here. God said, Philip, you go, because God knew what was going to happen on that road. He had prepared this situation, and guess what happened? The Ethiopian was prepared to hear what Philip had to tell him. Preparation is vital for success, and a key a key thing in preparation is to be willing to listen. I saw a really interesting story. This is back in the days when the telegraph was the, you know, sort of like the fastest mode of communication that there was. And there was a man that wanted to be Morse code operator, and so he went to interview for the job. And so he went to the office, and there's already seven guys there interviewing for the same job. They're sitting there in the lobby, and uh, they're talking, visiting with each other, and you hear the clacking sound of, of, the, of the telegraph going on in the background. That guy just sits there for a few minutes, and then he stands up and he walks right into the boss's office and he shuts the door. The other seven guys are looking at each other. Who's that guy think he is? Who's this guy here? He walks in. And so they're kind of hopeful. They're hoping the boss is going to kick him right out. Well, after a few minutes, the boss comes out and he says, Gentlemen, thank you for coming. He said, The position's been filled by this man. Now, the other guys are ticked off. Hey, what's up with that? So we, one of the guys said, We got here 30 minutes before he did. And you didn't even give us a chance. You didn't even talk to any of us. And the man, the boss said, he goes, the entire time you've been here, he said, there's been a, on the telegraph, there's been somebody clicking out on Morse code saying, if you understand this, come into my office, the job is yours. He said, this man listened, and the job is his. Now, guys, let me ask you a question. Are you listening? When it comes to your walk with God, are you paying attention to what God says? Because if you listen to God, I really believe this, God blesses. God blesses. God will put you in positions where you will see lives change. But it begins with preparation. To be prepared to listen. So the first key that's in the key ingredient for us to share our faith is, is preparation. And here's a second one. Second key is it's obedience. And I really like this. If you look at verse 26, it says, An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. It says, Get up, go south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to desert Gaza. So he got up and went. And there was an Ethiopian man, a eunuch, and high official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to worship in Jerusalem. Now we're told that God got Philip's attention. He told Philip what he wanted him to do. I want you to get up. I want you to get on the desert road. Yo, this was not like, it's not like it was real convenient. It wasn't like it was the road right next to his house. He had to, it was a journey to get up, go to the Gaza Road. Now, what's intriguing to me is as you read that, that verse, it does not say that, that, that Philip said, Lord, that's, that's sort of out of the way. Now, he didn't stop and say, God, you know what? I don't think I'm going to be the right man for this job. What did Philip do? You look at verse number 27, it says, And so he went. He didn't take time to pray about it. He didn't say, God, you know, let's let's just let's just think about it. Let's just think, think through really, maybe there's a better strategy. And he, he didn't do any of those things. He just simply did what God told him to do. Did you know a sign that shows that you belong to God is you will be obedient to him? 
when he tells you to do something. John 14, 15. Jesus said this. He said, if you love me, you will obey what I command. It's interesting to me whenever I see, whenever God told Philip what to do, he did it. Not only that, if you look in there, did he tell Philip what he was supposed to do other than get on the rope? That's one thing that's intriguing to me. He didn't say, hey, there's a guy down here I want you to meet. He didn't fill him in. He just said, get on the rope. And how did Philip respond? He didn't say, what do you have in store for me? God said, get on the rope. He got on the rope. You know, whenever you trust someone, whenever you love someone, you will do things without knowing the full picture because you just simply trust that they're going to be true. And whenever God calls us to do something, God, listen to this, y'all, God will always enable you to do what he calls you to do. I've discovered that when I'm obedient to what God calls me to do, I am blessed. I always get blessed. But I do wonder, I wonder how many times I have missed out on God's blessings because I refuse to be obedient. There's been times when I've sensed God calling me to do some things, and I didn't. I refuse to do it. And I think, I, I wonder what blessing I've missed because I refuse to do what God called me to do. I wonder what people might have been changed had I just simply been obedient. You know, God gives us direction in His Word. The charge for us is to follow the directions. To do what He calls us to do. You can have all the directions of the world, but if you don't follow them, they're not going to do you any good. Um, I, I was telling the first service, you know, there's, there's some great shows on television. Uh, one of them is like, have you all seen the one... Uh, you know, like, what, Ten Dumbest Criminals? Yeah, those are very enlightening. They stretch me mentally, which is why I watch them. And there was one on there that was just, uh, y'all was kidding, by the way. But there's one on there that was really good. And it was, there was a group of men in, in a, a prison in northern Mexico, and they wanted to escape, of course. And so they, they decided they're going to tunnel out of the prison. It took them a year to do it. I, I guess they were using spoons or something. Now, they knew where the fence was to get on the other side, but they didn't know what else was out there besides that. So they just started digging, and they, they really didn't have any directions. They were just going to get beyond the fence, and we're good. Well, a year later, they come up. Can, can, if, you, if you could just, I just think this would, this would be me if I ever decided to break out of prison. They tunnel out, and they come through. There's a floor above them. They cut a hole in the floor, and they come up. They end up in a courthouse, and the court is in session, and the judge is sitting at the bench. Dumbest criminals. Seventy-five guys came out of that tunnel into the courthouse. Needless to say, the judge had them all arrested, and they were sent right back into prison. Now, that is the kind of stuff that can happen whenever we don't have good direction. But when it comes to God, you know, we have all the direction we need. God's Word. God has given us Scripture to live by and to follow. Can you imagine what would happen if we really took God's Word seriously? Just dream with me for a second. If you told people about Jesus, if you invited people into the church to hear about Jesus, did you know there's going to be lives changed? I mean, can you imagine what it, can you imagine what it would be like to see people whose marriages are healed? 
people who discover that there's a, a hope beyond this life, can you imagine what it would be like to see our community become an even better place? I, I, I look at Philip and I say, because Philip was obedient, a man's life was changed. Years later, this man went back to Ethiopia. Years later, missionaries came into Ethiopia. And you know what they discovered? There were already Christians there. Why? Because this guy went back and said, let me tell you what I've heard. I've heard about Jesus. You know, if, if we're going to share our faith, there's, there's important ingredients. Preparation, there's obedience, and this is the last one. Another ingredient that's really important is it's the Scripture. It's the Bible itself. Uh, verse number 29. It says, the Spirit told Philip, go and join that chariot. And when Philip ran up to it, he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? How can I, he said, unless someone guides me. And so he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And here's the scripture he's reading. It says, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who will describe his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. Then the eunuch replied to Philip. He said, I ask you, who's the prophet saying this about himself or another person? And so Philip proceeded to tell him the good news about Jesus beginning from that scripture. You know, if you're going to tell people about Jesus, you've got to use the right material to tell them about. If you want to discover about Jesus and how to share with Jesus, you talk to them about Jesus according to what this book says. Not according to what you think or what I what I think sounds really good about Jesus. You look into this book. You say, let me tell you what the Bible has to say about Jesus. Now, here's something that's really neat to me. Here's this guy, this Ethiopian guy. He's searching. That's why he's up in Jerusalem. He's wor- it's more than likely he's just celebrated Passover. And he's gone up there and he's worshiped in the temple, but he knows there's something missing. Doesn't all quite come together yet. And so what he does is like, well, you know what? I, I know they read this book. You know, scripture, it's a scroll, and so he pulls out a scroll and he begins to read it to see if he can get any direction. Now, it's a great place for him to turn. If you want to figure out how to put something together, you always read directions, right? Now, for those of you who are parents, you know, every Christmas, when your kids were younger, you buy them toys, and you know there's direct. you have to put them together, there's directions that come with it. Now, what do we typically do with those directions? We look at them and say, this can't be that hard. And so we put the directions aside, and we put the kids' toys together, and we're like, isn't that weird? There's so many leftover parts. You know, and, and it doesn't work right. And so if you want it to work right, you go back to the directions, and you put it together right. Well, this guy, he begins to read the directions. And when he gets there, talk about divine appointments. Y'all, this is not coincidence. He begins to read. The scripture he's reading, it is a prophecy written 700 years before Jesus was born, talking about when the Messiah give up his life as a sacrifice for people. And remember before, as he's reading it, that's when the angel of the Lord said, go to the chariot now. And so Philip runs up there and says, what you reading? He said, I'm reading this book in Isaiah. He said, do you understand it? Nope. He says, let's look at it. And he begins to explain it. And he begins to tell him about Jesus. And it changed that man's life told him about Jesus according to Scripture. Now, why is the Scripture so important? Because it's God's Word. It comes from God. That's what 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 tells us. It says, all Scripture is God-breathed. Now, God didn't pull out a pen and write down the Bible 
he worked through men who wrote down what God led them to write. Now, why is it so important? Because God's Word is good. It's truth. It stands for all time. Isaiah 48 says, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the Word of our God stands forever. Now, if you're looking for something to stand on in life that will be solid, it's God's Word. It's what Jesus has said because it carries with the power He gave us. Romans 1.16 says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? For it is the power of God for salvation of everyone who believes. What does that mean? It means that the Bible tells us there's only one path to salvation. It is Jesus Christ as given to us in Scripture. That's why Philip pointed out the man who Jesus was using Scripture. He didn't say, hey, let's take a look and see what some other book says. Let me share with you my opinion. He said, let's take a look and see what Scripture says. Because Scripture has power. There's some stuff out in our world that's good, but it really doesn't have power. Uh, let, me, let me give you an example. An example of this, to me anyway, is, you know, electric cars. Have you all seen the gas prices lately? Like, like, I'm like, what is going on? I mean, we're looking at, it won't be until we're hitting $4 a, a gallon. Now, electric cars, that would be cool. It would be nice not to be dependent upon anybody. I can just charge up my car, you know. You know, I've seen them on Top Gear. They have those electric cars that are like sports cars. They're really fast and they're quiet. That's awesome. But as good as it sounds, let me tell you something. When it comes out to it, it's, it's a great, it sounds like a great idea, but there's not power behind that idea. At least not right now. Let me, let me tell you why. Because I'm well informed on cars. Okay, here's what I'm, I'm, I'm discovering. A typical charge for these cars, I'm talking about just a complete electric electric car, runs in, you know, maybe about 100 or so miles, which is great if you're like, decide I'm going to go to Greenville. Okay, it's like 100 miles away. Here's the problem. To charge it completely back up usually takes about 15 to 20 hours. That kind of puts a, you know, a little crimp in my trip to Greenville. Uh, not only that, you say, well, I can just go to a charging station and charge it up. Do you know how many charging stations there are in America for electric cars? A little over 500. 400 of them are in Southern California. Makes it a little tough, you know, if we're living in Blackwood, South Carolina. Okay, so I look at it and say, that sounds like a great idea, but there's not a whole lot of power behind that idea. Now look at Philip. What did Philip do? Philip went to the power source. He went to God's Word. He didn't, he didn't go to Reader's Digest. He didn't go to some philosopher. He went to Scripture because he knew it was in Scripture where Jesus would be found. Okay, now what does that mean for us? It means we're going to point people to Jesus. We're going to share with people who Jesus is and how he can make a difference in their lives. We need to look and point people in the direction of the Bible to let them know this is what God Church, I, I really believe we live, we live in a time, in a world where people are hungry to know God. People want to know God. I've heard so many people tell me, you know what, it's just so intimidating to share. People aren't that interested anymore. It's more difficult to share Jesus than it ever has been before. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. People are just simply waiting 
for us to have the guts to share who Jesus is. It doesn't mean everybody's going everybody's gonna to hop on board, but there will be a lot of people who will because they are looking for answers. And Jesus is the answer. And if we're going to share our faith well, there's preparation, there's obedience, there's scripture. It is-